Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. So you know it's a special day when we're wearing rose vestments. As Father mentioned at the beginning, it's the third Sunday of Advent. And it's an occasion for us to pause as we prepare for Christmas and to reflect on that which we are waiting for, the source of our joy, Jesus Christ. You know, we've been running a little exercise in the parish. So two weeks ago, you were invited to take a card and to fill in your reflection on the question, what are you waiting for? Advent's a time of waiting and preparing. And so what is it you're waiting for in this Christmas season? Last week, the question you were invited to consider is, what do we, what do I need to let go of in order to receive or to be prepared for what I am waiting for? And today, we ask the question, what are we joyful about? So, of course, in preparing for this, I tried to get an early start on the process, so I got my rose card uh, and took it home, and I kind of reflected over the course of the week what was going on that led me to be joyful, that gave me a sense of joy. You know, and I came to realize that there are probably tens of things every week that I just miss. I mean, one of the things that occurred to me early in the week was I am joyful for Addie, Addie. So Addie is a little girl about two years old, blonde hair, cute as a button, and she comes with her mother and a friend of theirs to mass at 8.30 every day during the week. Now, Addie's two years old, right? So she has things she likes to say or questions she wants to ask, and she'll point at the priest and ask a question. And, you know, some people, that can be a bit distracting, but I found it joyful. I mean, she reminded me of our own kids when they were about two years old. They could drive you nuts, but wow, the moments of joy that they left with my wife and I were just unforgettable. And in this time of Advent, it's hard not to look at a little girl or a little boy and think about the fact that Jesus was that old at one time. Jesus was the little boy about two years old, running around, getting into mischief, probably, but bringing an enormous amount of joy. That stayed with me, and each day then, I would come to Mass watching for Addie and her mother, and just finding myself filled with just an unexplainable joy at the simple, pure joy that she emitted. Yet, next, that occurred to me, was that yesterday we had a deacon's meeting and we were planning the next six months. And just as we started, knock at the door, door opens and here it's a couple of the school kids. And they brought in a little ornament. Now, unfortunately, I don't have an assembly size magnifying glass that you can all see this, but it's kind of shaped like a heart. It's got a little star on it and the verse from the first letter of John, chapter 4, verse 7, God is love. Now, you know, our deacon meetings are 
pretty civil and friendly and productive and constructive, but it was like an interruption before we started that just warmed my heart, you know, because I immediately thought about them putting these together for us and having one for each of us. And wow, that was kind of neat. And it sort of lifted me up. And what would have been a, a relatively straightforward meeting became easy because this helped shape my attitude in that moment to one of joy and gratitude. Third thing that I've written down on my card is religious ed letters. Now again, it's gonna be hard to show you these, but a couple weeks ago, each of us got an envelope with cards written by the students in religious ed. And pretty simple cards. Uh, here's one from a first grader. I'll have to tell you what it says and what it depicts, but there's a picture of what looks like the church, colored in by Elise, and it shows Elise with her hands out like this, saying, thank you. And I'm next to her with my arms up saying, you're welcome. I, it was such a cute little card. And another one, I mean, there's, there's an envelope full of these, but here's another one. Thank you, Deacon Dave. This is from Sophie. And Sophie has a picture of a man who's not feeling well. He's sick. And there's a little bubble coming from his mouth that says, cough. <laughs> and, and Deacon Dave, complete with glasses, brown hair, sort of looks brown, getting gray fast, is standing there and reaching out to her, to the individual, trying to bring consolation to that person. And you know, I, I thought, I couldn't help as I went through these, and I'm keeping them near my bed because I pull out a couple every night now, I couldn't help imagining these little kids in religious ed sitting down and addressing a note to Deacon Dave and depicting something that they think I do in ministry or that they know I do in ministry and being grateful for it. You know, the, the joy just in this last week has been immeasurable. And it occurred to me, I didn't say anything about what I was accomplishing at work or what I was not getting accomplished in terms of decorating the house and getting ready for Christmas. It was very little things. And I simply had to make sure I stayed awake and aware of what was going on around me. They made a tremendous difference in shaping my life during the week. You know, none of these erased my problems or made my work disappear, but that's not what joy is about. Joy is not the same as happiness. Much less, joy doesn't guarantee total happiness. And we only have to look at our readings to begin to understand the real meaning of joy. So the first reading from Zephaniah proclaims, shout for joy. Do you know what was going on around him? Judah, 
the second of the two kingdoms of Israel, Israel had already fallen, Judah is going downhill fast. And within about 20 years, 30 years, they too would fall and they would go into Babylonian exile. It was a mess. Zephaniah tells us that they were breaking all the rules. They were disobedient to the Lord. And yet, here he is calling out, shout for joy, shout for joy. And why? Because Zephaniah tells the people that the Lord has set aside their evil doing. He is there waiting for them with joy and forgiveness and salvation. That's joy. Maybe not a lot of happiness, but a joy that is founded in the presence of Christ, of God at their side. The second reading from Philippians is probably pretty well known to all of you. It's this, rejoice always. You know, we imagine this occurring at a banquet. You know, everybody's sipping wine and having a great banquet. But when Paul wrote those words, he was in prison. And yet, in prison, he could proclaim, rejoice always. Not when you're out of prison. Not when the work is done. It's rejoice always. And how did Paul find it possible to proclaim that? It's because he was overwhelmed with the goodness of the people he had encountered. He was overwhelmed with joy at the lives that had been touched by his ministry. And the Philippians were leading pretty good lives at the time. So even while he was in prison, he could rejoice. You know, I recognize in my own experiences, for example, the three I just told you about, that there's something about joy that is deeper and much more enduring than sort of a fleeting moment of happiness. Each experience didn't get rid of the work, didn't get rid of my problems. The joy lifted me up above both. I was somehow above them all and I was able to be joyful. And then to attack the work and the problems with a different kind of attitude. In a few minutes at the Our Father, we're gonna have the opportunity to reach out to the people at our side as we pray the Our Father and take their hands. And then at the sign of peace, we'll have the opportunity to reach around and to shake hands with the people next to us. At Mass today, let's be aware of those moments. Let's not take them for granted. Let's not just let them, you know, pass by with sort of a casual, mm, you know, hi, how are you? Let's see them as moments where we can realize, we can make real the joy that is all around us. And then be open to sharing that joy with those with whom we share pews and parish and community. So I invite you to ask yourself, when you go to leave, get one of these cards. 
What are you joyful about? Fill those in during the week and bring them back. Maybe see if they help you realize some things that are happening around you that are real occasions to be joyful. We don't have to wait for Christmas. We don't have to have everything perfect. And we don't have to reshape the whole world. Joy doesn't come by somehow our being the individual person who shaves, saves a continent or a people or solves a major problem. You know, what we heard in the gospel was Luke having Jesus say, look, all you need to do is do your job well. Do it with integrity. Do it with honesty and joy. If you have an extra cloak, give it to somebody who doesn't have one. Give food to somebody who doesn't have it. If you're a tax collector, be honest. Don't extort the people. If you're a soldier, be honest. Don't bring false claims about them. That goes for each of us in each of our vocations. You know, just do what we as Catholics are called to do within the context of our daily lives. What are you joyful about? What will you recognize as joy in your lives? And where in your life will you be able to share that joy with others?